Magento was born in Ukraine, and the health and safety of our Ukrainian sisters and brothers are top of mind. Yissa Ritzma and Brent talk over a little history of where Magento came from and the strong Ukrainian community that helped make it a world-class e-commerce platform. We dive into shopware and its advantages in today's market, and we close out on a little Magento Association talk. PWAs to come next time. Talk Commerce is brought to you by ChipBot. Are you enjoying answering the same question over and over every day? Do you wonder why people are leaving your site? Are you sick of knowing how many carts are left abandoned, moments away from a sale? Or are you just getting exhausted thinking about parsing all that data from your website? I recently found this great tool that I installed on the Talk Commerce website. You can see it live right now at talk-commerce.com. Chipbot Pylons and Chipbot Nexus are two tools integrated into one plugin that helps you manage your site smarter. It took me less than 15 minutes to configure and install. I have a thumbnail video that I recorded myself and I can instruct visitors on something to do and an action to take. You also have the option of configuring different action items like send me an email. Through Chipbot Nexus, I can answer questions and more importantly, I can learn from my clients by listening to what they're asking for. And if you thought it couldn't get any better, you can log into your dashboard and get metrics on what your visitors are doing on your site. During the installation process, I got fantastic support and Chipbot helped me to make my bot even better. Try it today, it's free. Go to getchipbot.com and sign up today. That's getchipbot.com. G-E-T-C-H-I-P-B-O-T dot com. This episode is brought to you by the Magento Association. Join today at magentoassociation.org forward slash join. Be part of a great and vibrant Magento community. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. All right, welcome to this episode. Today I have Yissa. And it's funny, um, my uh, whenever I talk to Yissa, I tell my wife and she says, no, it's Yissa. Because I say something inevitably wrong. And she said, every so time, easy. yeah, every, I'm correcting you every day of the week. Because I, I talk about Yissa every day, you know, he's like my hero. Uh, so she's like, you know, can you ever just say his name right? So, yes. So well, it's 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 such a coincidence uh, that that actually um, I have that same conversation with my wife. So um, then I say like, uh, oh, well, I have this call with uh, Brent. No, was it Brent? Bron? Bro. Brent. And then and then in even New more Zealand, confusing. It's Brent. Yeah, and then even more confusing. I call my wife uh, Susan, and uh, so do you. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us your role and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, and maybe one of your passions in life. All right. So yeah, uh, my name is Jesse Reitsma. I'm from the Netherlands. I own this little company called uh, Yerio. I've been uh, building extensions uh, for many, many years, but actually in the last uh, couple of, let's say, five years or so, I've been uh, mostly helping Magento developers uh, become better in, at being a Magento developer uh, by, uh, by uh, supplying them with uh, trainings and um, uh, help wherever you can. Um, but yeah, recently I, um, I hopped over to Shopware as well. And I didn't really 
change my my uh, original market so I'm, I'm still doing a lot of uh, magento things but i'm also um, helping out uh, shopware developers becoming a better shopware developer now so that's uh, exciting stuff oh and uh, and and a thing that i'm uh, really passionate about is um well magento and shopware but also a little baby girl that uh, keeps me busy in between Yes, congratulations. And, uh, you know, we had an interview scheduled for the day of the birth, and I really am really upset that you decided to cancel it for... For, for some you know, reason, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that, uh, Bront. It's okay. Yissa. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Yissa. I, I, uh, I, I clench my butt when I say it, and it helps me to do it. Yissa. You hop up a little bit. Yeah. Yes, Yissa. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. So we're we're going to talk about um, shopware apparently. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about uh, Magento, but um, obviously there's uh, something else also going on in the world. Yeah. Let's talk about Ukraine and um, um, yeah. You know, I think uh, I'm going to make sure that we pro this episode gets out this week. So uh, I would like it to be timely and relevant. Relevant. So. Um, yeah, but, uh, but the, the situation is also evolve, uh, evolving so uh, so quickly now with uh, well with many frightening but also um, uh, maybe optimistic things even to some sides. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 theoretically tomorrow the whole world is uh, different again. Um, but yeah, so in, in short, I think we're all um, just um, in, in in general just really um, shocked and horrified with uh, the the whole uh, developments uh, there. Um, and, and truly also because uh, we know a lot of people from the Ukraine uh, ourselves. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, when we think back on our on our careers now in Magento for the last 13 or 14 years and how, how Ukraine has been such an integral part of that, um, that um, there's there has been, you know, Meet Magento Ukraine and there's all kinds of things that are focused around that. And then, as you said, more importantly, all the people that are there and all the people that have been involved in Magento all these years um, and how things now have drastically changed for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also surreal. So I um, I had a call with uh, somebody from Kiev on uh, on Wednesday and I um, well, the first uh, first half an hour of, of that call was really about the, the tensions building up. And uh, my question was also like, uh, what are you going to do? Um, and his answer was, well, I'm, I'm not going to flee. I can't leave because my parents are here. Uh, my, my pets are here. Uh, I've got a family. I've got a life. Uh, and, and it's not, not just easy to, to just uh, leave it all behind. But yeah, the, the surreal thing was basically that that uh, same Wednesday night or Thursday morning, uh, the, the bombings uh, started. Um, and that, that's, yeah, that's just horrifying. Um, and in between, I think uh, it's also um, uh, really um, uh, a good thing that also the Magento community is uh, now becoming aware of its own uh, identity, kind of like uh, that, that a lot of people are realizing uh, that uh, Magento was uh, founded kind of by Ukrainians uh, that were also living in L.A., but um, uh, that had their backgrounds uh, back there. Um, and of course, a lot of developers, the core developers came from uh, Kiev, um, and that's uh, still true today. Um, so that, that, that a lot of Magento community members are realizing those uh, roots and, and also um, uh, while starting to help out uh, as well uh, in, in many different ways. So I've heard about uh, uh, demonstrations of, uh, of um, uh, Magento folks uh, being on the streets just to make sure that the, the, they, they uh, make sure that the Ukrainian voices are heard, um, but also financially helping out. 
and I, I personally found uh, the most um, yeah the, the most emotional part um, also that people were jumping in the car uh, driving to the Polish Polish border where there's this uh, huge line of uh, refugees uh, trying to get a, to, to trying to get across um, and that uh, that people basically just jumped in the car to pick up upon those uh, refugees um, or yeah maybe even more emotional um, folks that I know from the Netherlands that jumped in the car uh, to get their mommy mo mothers or, or fathers uh, across the border as well it's uh, yeah, it's 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 happening right now. So that's um, that's one reason that we couldn't still skip on the uh, skip upon this story at all. Of course, uh, while still the, the the topic might be shopware, but uh, yeah, yeah. And I think you know I've read tweets um, about uh, developers working and uh, and telling their team that they're going to get this pull request done, and then before you know they have some time. There's no bombing, so they're going to get some work done and. You know, the the overarching goal is for everybody to be safe, but I think realistically as well, and those sometimes it helps to pretend your life is normal for that one or two yeah. hours. I mean, it's a, it is such a sad time and hard now. Like I think you've said it surreal like many times. It is it is unbelievable that suddenly um, it is a large now chunk of the world that has been uh, this that's been thrust to the 1940s yeah yeah and that that's that's especially the horrifying thing that um, a lot of these uh, the tensions but also um the the the, the pushing of emotions and um uh, the uh, facts that are being rewritten into alternate facts and etc it's all reminding me personally also pretty well uh, about uh, the yeah the second world war so the, the 1940s of the previous century uh, so yeah it's 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 horrifying, uh, but as you mentioned, also, um, yeah, um, uh, there's still pull requests uh, coming in from uh, Ukrainians uh, right now, um, and that's that's showing maybe also that uh, a lot of those people still have a passion about uh, technology as well. Um, so yeah, that brings us maybe to the other topics. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So just as we close this out, you know, where where do you where where have you been recommending people go to help? Yeah, personally, I, I I don't know. So I've I've seen a lot of uh, other people already make those recommendations, and I, I feel uh, that I don't want to be that person that is basically um, taking away their their advice and, and repeating it again. Uh, so others have already uh, repeated uh, uh, the, the 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 real recommendations, uh, trying to support uh, the Ukrainian uh, government or uh, either the Ukrainian um, uh, the, the army um, with uh, with finances um, and, and theoretically that. That's, uh, that's one way. Uh, the other part uh, could also be trying to put some pressure upon uh, the Russian government uh, to, so that basically the, the war is just shortened and definitely not uh, getting worse with uh, with more terrifying weapons uh, being introduced. Um, and then, uh, yeah, of course, also simply just uh, supporting the Ukrainian folks by, by saying like, uh, hey, we're here. Um, and even though we're not experiencing the same thing, uh, we do understand that it's a, it's a horrible situation that you're in and we're not forgetting about you, even though that maybe Brent and, and Jesse are going to talk about shopware, uh, uh, that, that might be surreal, but it doesn't mean that actually we, we let go of you guys uh, and we're basically with you in, uh, in thoughts. Yeah, and I, you know, the, the, the underlying, the, the saddest part is the people that are suffering because of this and have nothing to do with with the decisions that had been made and it is um there's nothing 
nothing good that uh, that is part of this. So yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I don't know how to transition to the next topic uh, in an easy yeah, format. No, but that's maybe life as well. Uh, there, there's no easy way, so let's, let's just transition. Uh, there, there's no relation uh, between war and, uh, and shopware, uh, e- even though sometimes maybe uh, with uh, shopware, it feels maybe that they're searching for war with Magento, but that's not true at all. They're, they're just, uh, uh, it's a happy competition. Um, and basically a lot of Magento developers that once got started with Magento are now happy to uh, dive into shopware uh, it, it itself uh, as well. Uh, and I'm, I'm personally Personally, one of them. So, yeah, um, do ask me questions, uh, Brent. <laughs> All right, and it's by the way, it's Brent. Uh, oh, I, I would like Sorry. you to work on getting my name correctly. No, uh, correctly I'll talk pronounced. To Susan, but, yeah. So, Shopware, yeah. So, I think you know, um, they're they're. Well, let's just talk about what realistically where Adobe is headed and what type of clients fit, because you know, I think the idea is that we're not trying to fit every client into one platform. So not every client's right for Shopify or big commerce, not every client's right for Shopware or Magento. And I think realistically, the higher ups, the people that make those big decisions at Adobe have decided that, that Adobe is going to be an enterprise software. And they are going to um, not put any emphasis in anything other than their Adobe Commerce cloud suite of products that goes along with AEM and Target and all those other things. So, yeah. you know, I think that... Then, uh, yeah, yeah maybe be, before we uh, we continue down the, the road then of, uh, of Shopware as being an alternative, um, I, I also want to point out that uh, during the Adobe Developer Life uh, conference, which took place about a month ago, I believe, um, there were uh, there, there was this uh, presentation of Chris Hatch, um, and he basically pointed out um, that um, Adobe doesn't have plans anymore to add new features to Magento open source. Um, and that's basically something that uh, that you've just mentioned. Uh, their aim is really to uh, to go into enterprise their own uh, Adobe customer uh, customer group uh, and, and allowing them to uh, to expand upon the the commerce bit. Um, however, that being said. Uh, there was this excellent uh, blog post of uh, Andreas von Stutnitz from Internet, and he pointed out also that basically that decision um, might be really bad, uh, sounding really bad at first, uh, but there's a lot of good things from that same uh, attitude as well, because there's a long-term support um, uh, edition coming up uh, with the Magento open source version. Um, there's uh, still um, uh, Adobe being involved with the open source development, but mainly then bug fixing. And also not adding new features is also making sure uh, that no new bugs are popping up uh, as well, so that the community is maybe uh, there to make sure that all of those uh, features are there in the form of extensions. Um, so yeah, theoretically, um, Adobe uh, Commerce is definitely uh, upmarket, uh, but there's still a role to be played for the Magento Open Source uh, edition as well. Uh, so a lot of smaller merchants might be sim- simply just sticking with Magento open source after all. Um, but yeah, they, they might also be interested in shopware. <laughs> That's the, of course, the arguing that we have uh, as well. Yeah, let's stick on the topic just a little bit longer and let's debunk some of those things that came out from social media immediately after that, uh, after that um, presentation at Adobe Commerce Live Developer, whatever they call it. Um, so, you know, the, the first thing that we saw come out of that is that Magento or Adobe Commerce is going SaaS, which yeah. is a complete misrepresentation of what he said. And um, it all it means is that the new features that they develop are going to be SaaS features. Yeah, yeah. 
The, the next thing that he mentioned was that um, Adobe is going to hand over the open source to the community, which is also incorrect. They are going to keep a, they are going to maintain the long term support of Magento. Uh, and long term to me says five five years or something like that, or a long time, right? In the in the software world, a long time is is definitely under interpretation. But yeah. that long term support means that it is going to be around and it is going to be maintained, and it is the underpinning of Adobe Commerce, which the uh, the the author of that said blog or said LinkedIn article and video did not happen to mention and, and it's it is it is somewhat sad that people that don't maybe don't aren't familiar with the software and just jumped to conclusions off of that have then started to promote these jumped to conclusions and um well and, and, and that's still maybe um uh, to to be um yeah to be on their side i i i i still think that there's actually still this uh, tension between what adobe uh, uh wants with the the old magento and now adobe commerce and what the community wants so that tension is still not not taken away it's still that there's a problem there's basically two different uh groups of people thinking about that same product in different ways um, so maybe that those uh, jump to conclusion uh, people, uh, they, they were jumping to conclusions that are maybe still uh, to be made somewhere in the future. It might very well be that uh, the whole Magento slash Adobe thing is, is turning into a SaaS. I don't know. Uh, but it's more that um, at, at least on all, all, all on both uh, different sides, there's a there's an effort to uh, to try to um, help each other out on the short term, and that's uh, definitely a, a positive thing. Yes, um, yeah. So what we've seen is the both Magento, all three parties, Magento or the Magento community or Mosca, the Magento Association and Adobe have come together and at least are talking now, right? And yeah. uh, there's some agreements and some plans in place in order to keep Magento or to ensure the Magento merchants who are on Magento to open source that they're, they are on a valid platform and it is going to be around for a long time. Yeah, and, um, and, and definitely, and that's what we learn, of course, in these uh, times, uh, uh, to, to get a solution for any kind of problem, first you need to get started with the talking uh, base, so that at least you're talking and listening to each other, and then you can work upon uh, solutions instead of just um, only going your own way. Yeah, and I, I just want to <laughs> comment on one last thing, and then we'll move on to shopware, but the slimming down the Magento core by decoupling all of the uh, bundled features that are in there and then not adding new features to Magento is going to make Magento inherently easier to upgrade in the future. If you look at what is what is a, a SaaS platform does, they have essentially a stripped-down version of so their software with a bunch of peripherals that attach. And you still have the ability to build in your feature or add a feature directly into the code just like it was before. It's just not going to come in the core version of it. Um, yeah. That's not to say that the, there's an STS thing that happens that gets pushed into LTS, that gets pushed into commerce. There, There is features or things that are going to happen that get into the core just like any other platform. But what the goal here is slimming the core down to make it easy to upgrade and cheaper to use. 
Yeah, and we wanted that uh, from the beginning anyway. Uh, so it's actually um, a big win already for the community that uh, by, by talking to, uh, to each other, by uh, making sure that Adobe also listens to uh, uh, the, the lower end merchants, uh, that basically the outcome is already uh, something really, really positive. And that's something we're going to see on the short term uh, already now. Yeah. But yeah, um, uh, so enough talking about um, uh, that Magento um, e-commerce platform. There's this other platform, and they're also going uh, SaaS. Yeah, let's talk about that, because I know that I've had yeah. a lot of talks with Shopware now, and I've learned about their SaaS version, and they have a PaaS version, and then they have an on-prem version. Um, so yeah, tell us, uh, give us an overview. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not a real uh, salesperson, and I'm uh, mostly in it for the, the coding part. Um, however, I've, I've, I've got a, a couple of things uh, to tell about the, the technical implementation of, of uh, SaaS and PaaS and, and all of those uh, other words. So yeah, I think in general, um, the, the market uh, of e-commerce has been, been going in a certain direction, and that's partially the, the headless uh, direction, but also the other direction of um, hosted solutions where a hosting provider would always be traditionally in there, but then also the agency that or the developer that put the, the shop on, on that hosting environment was also partially uh, responsible for making that all a success. Um, and uh, I think across uh, the, all of this, uh, this, this e-commerce, all of these different e-commerce platforms, every different vendor is realizing, hey, uh, that that maybe going or at least offering some kind of uh, SaaS is uh, is definitely uh, the way to go for it. So, um, uh, Shopify, BigCommerce, um, Magento slash Adobe Commerce with its own cloud version. Um, and then you also have Shopper Cloud, uh, which is basically just doing that same thing uh, as well. Um, however, there, there's no plan on the short term to let go of uh, the self-hosted version of uh, Shopware. So it's, it's uh, again kind of like um, uh, comparable maybe between uh, if you compare it to, uh, with uh, Adobe Commerce slash Magento Open Source, except for there's a single name and it's uh, still called Shopware. Um, the only uh, confusing part, and that's still um, a hard one to sell, um, and also not only on the on the commercial side maybe, but also on the on the technical side, um, that together with their Shopper Cloud version, they're trying to introduce another extension kind of uh, system. Um, and, and instead of actually working with plugins and themes, uh, like was always uh, there with uh, Shopper 5 even, uh, they've now introduced Shopper apps and Shopper apps uh, is basically something that works uh, already there in the cloud, uh, but because the cloud is basically this self not self-hosted, uh, this hosted version of Shopware hosted by Shopware itself, um, you can't just introduce any kind of logic in there because otherwise uh, it would be just really vulnerable for any kind of script kitty just uh, to add a little bit of uh, PHP in there. Um, so uh, what they've been doing is they've been locking down that uh, that, that cloud uh, version, but also making it more extensible in a different way. And that's basically where plugins are being replaced with apps. Um, yeah, and, and uh, the, 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 the problem is, is a little bit that with a plugin, um, the whole extensibility was based upon uh, the Symfony um, uh, bundle, the, well, the Symfony framework uh, in, in general. Um, and well, because with open source and Symfony, you can modify everything at will. A lot of things were, were, were possible with uh, Shopware plugins. And now gradually they're trying to replace all of that functionality with Shopware apps. And sometimes all of that functionality is already there, uh, but sometimes it's not there yet. So it's an ongoing story. And I, I simply also don't know whether it's already up to that level where it can completely replace the old uh, plugin system. Uh, but it's it's definitely showing a strategy, and that strategy is 
uh, we're going headless, we're going cloud, we're going SaaS. I don't know what, what other buzzword is there. Microservices. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's kind of uh, their, their big strategy for the upcoming uh, years. Yeah, and I sort of understand that the apps and the plugins can coexist. Yeah, well, at least in a self-hosted version. So actually in a self-hosted version, um, you've got that choice. Um, but I think if you, actually if you're, if you're a developer uh, developing your own uh, shop for a customer, um, or at least if, uh, if you're responsible for that, that self-hosted solution, um, then you're going to aim for uh, the creation of custom plugins when, whenever needed. Um, while a, an app is much more meant for extension vendors to make sure that their own functionality is distributed um, across many other shops at once. Um, and at that moment, actually, an app is, is basically a, a really small shell of a couple of files within the shopware system itself. Um, and maybe that, that, sh that, that uh, small set of files uh, rarely needs to be updated, but most of that functionality is actually coming from your own SaaS, your own um, backend app app backend i still am searching for the right terminology is here um, and that's maybe also the confusing part so as an as an app vendor uh, you would actually develop your own app and that app would be just a couple of files within the shopware cloud system or the shopware self-hosted system but whatever functionality is there is actually backed up by your own api your own api server your own logic in, in your own well hosted version, uh, hosted environment. Uh, and basically upgradability is therefore really, really easy because most of the logic is actually on, on uh, your part of the infrastructure instead of actually on the, on the part of the merchant. And that sounds like um, a black box. That sounds like maybe locking in uh, merchants more easily. Uh, but in the end, um, I, I think it's a good thing. And it's actually the thing that we're already using in many, many different ways already. Yeah. And I think we've seen a lot of, uh, and let's just talk about like uh, subscriptions. We've seen a lot of vendors do this already where they've taken it out of the core. They've put it into the cloud. They've run their service on their own. And that does give them the ability to attach then to any platform that they would like to. So all they'd have to do is make a plugin that modifies to the APIs of that platform and allows them to cover, you know, almost 90 or whatever percent of that uh, functionality that's needed for their specific module. I think yep. the neat thing or the exciting thing about both Magento and Shopware in this case is if you need to extend that application, theoretically, you could extend it within the plugin that they're using to talk to their app. So some of that, some of the logic could be done in your own plugin that's on your own self-hosted system, and the bulk of that functionality could be done in the cloud. And again, just looking back at what happens on on uh, subscriptions, I know that we've had um, subscription modules where a client may have a lot of products or their people like at a volume, say forty or fifty thousand products that have to be re re-upped every month, and all that churning inside of Magento at some point does take a toll on the overall system where distributing some of that load does make sense, uh, especially for the vendor. Yeah. 
And I think in, in general that, that that's that's actually one of the the, the 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 first use cases that I would use to actually describe the benefits of uh, going that shopware app system, uh, synchronizing products uh, where basically the, the 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 product data is maintained somewhere else. So th theoretically, you could talk about a PIM, a product information management system, or an ERP system, or or something. Um, but as soon as, as soon as your business logic is actually somewhere else. And then you're trying to duplicate that in a, a traditional Magento or a traditional shopware system, then it's going to duplicate a lot of functionality and a lot of, a lot of logic. And actually, um, by thinning, thinning down, I'm not sure if that's a correct word, um, by, by skinning down, that's the word, uh, the, the shopper side, um, and by introducing this new uh, shopper app system, it's, it's at least um, allowing you to focus on, upon the, the, the problem only once. So on the data side, on the PIM side, on the ERP system side, and et cetera. Um, however, I, I think also that, that um, so if, if you talk about um, external systems like ERP, CRMs, uh, and, and PIMs, and et cetera, then it becomes kind of logical that uh, you want an easy way to hook into the application of shopware just to make sure that data is being synchronized successfully. Um, likewise, uh, shipment uh, providers, uh, payment providers, as soon as you started to talk about uh, um, uh, having an, an, an extension business model, but that uh, was basically decoupled from Magento, uh, one uh, befriended company called Shipper HQ came to my mind because they've been doing this for years and they're uh, swapping out, uh, over from, uh, from Magento. They've been swapping over from Magento to other platforms as well, simply because of that uh, decoupled uh, strategy. So also uh, shipment providers and payment providers are good examples for um, th that new app system. Um, but I believe that actually there's much, much more. So theoretically, even an agency could go in and build their own custom logic for, I don't know, filtering product data so that if a merchant sits down in shopware and starts to fill in de de details in there, uh, and then basically you find out that uh, an SKU is always entered with a space beforehand, um, then uh, theoretically you, you want to filter out that space. And of course, uh, with a simple uh, plugin in Shopware, you could to, you could accomplish that. Uh, but imagine actually uh, creating such a functionality uh, only once uh, and then rolling it out across all of your different merchants that you're helping out as an agency. Um, and then actually, instead of uh, uh, correcting that little space, you're going to correct other things in other attributes as well uh, without anything else to be to be modified on the shopper system side. Um, so the, the opportunity for an agency is also to think about that extensibility in a different way and to be really become not just... Um, um, a, a code builder and, and just uh, starting a new extension for every kind of uh, purpose, but actually becoming um, a certain solution provider with your own solution in your own backend and connecting that to the, 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 the merchant's uh, shop. The big question mark I have there is is also how, how far does it go and is it really practical for agencies and are, will agencies get that point? Uh, but that's that's also kind of like the the experiment that Shopper is in, um, uh, and uh, yeah, that that is uh, that's still ongoing. Yeah, and I think we've seen a number of we've seen at least two different types of agencies: the marketing style agencies that are only in it to help the client uh, with selling their stuff, and and they're not really the technical side where they're trying to solve technical things, right? They're just going to get those plugins, and they're going to. Uh, they're going to talk the client out of doing WordPress and into Shopware, and then they're going to 
they're going to have the solution that goes up and they're going to make it, they're going to try to make it as simple as possible. But then you have the heavy tech agencies or the full stack agencies that cover the whole realm, marketing and technology, who can say, oh, by the way, you have this specific problem. We've seen this over and over again. We have this plugin that solves your problem. It's a one-time solution. It's And we've actually tested it with 800 different people. Um, that's where I think this really is a big advantage and, and specifically what you were talking about. The downside, of course, is that you have a, a plugin that, that affects something in one way, and then that edge case at 1% or 2% is where it ruins it, right? Or it deletes every product in your whole catalog for whatever reason that nobody knows. But, uh, you know, out of 1,000 people, 1% is what, 10 yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, another downside is uh, what if your shop is making use of 100 different apps and all of those different apps are hooking into all of these different uh, external uh, uh, external uh, SaaS solutions and one of them actually uh, fails because of, I don't know, uh, a denial of service attack of, of some kind uh, because of some kind of political reason that I can't think of right now. Well, I can't. But, uh, so but, yeah, but there's a lot of situations where actually problems could arise um, but I, I'd rather just have Shopware also experiment with this um, and, and trying to uh, come up with with well b better solutions for that as well. And uh, but 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 it's basically a promising thing to work on. Um, and instead of just dealing with Shopware as well as being a monolith, um, it's kind of like uh, stepping into that other opportunity, the, the headless approach, but also the microservices approach, um, and also now trying to help uh, merchants and agencies uh, become part of that whole story uh, as well. Instead of just um, having an Adobe system that goes headless and then moving it up market so that nobody is able to afford it anymore. Yeah, so just uh, kind of to summarize some of the things we've been talking about for Shopware, a merchant can start on their SaaS version. They can They can run for X amount of time, half a year, a year, and decide, I'd like to get some custom customization of it. They could migrate to their past version and run for X amount of time and then migrate to an on-prem version and control the whole thing themselves or run it in a market that the past version's not available to. Yeah. So it does, well, it, it, I think it's like the best of all the worlds. I, I think so, and it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, definitely also nice that uh, Shopware, as of yet, is is uh, is trying to push basically every solution uh, simultaneously. Um, they're, they're really busy with a lot of the different things at once. Um, so I'm I'm personally um, uh, also involved with that uh, Shopper apps uh, system, trying to uh, educate developers. And uh, hopefully, in the upcoming months, uh, there's going to be material that I'm able to uh, share with you. Uh, but in the past, I've, I've done, or in the past, actually two weeks ago, I've also uh, been uh, doing training on uh, Shopper PWA, um, and that's based upon View Storefront, and it's really excellent uh, to, to see what kind of uh, stuff is happening there. Uh, but with all of the, the other stuff that Shopper is, is doing, sometimes it feels as if the Shopper PWA is getting less attention simply because there's so much other things uh, to do as well. Um, and that's, of course, the downside. If you're too busy with everything, um, then uh, certain uh, topics will fall behind. But uh, yeah, let's see how uh, how Shopper is, is able to do all of this and keeping all of the balls in the air um, and, and put it off. Yeah, I want to talk about one last thing on the shopware on the community side, but then I do want to kind of move on to PWA and and View Storefront. Uh, from the shopware community, um, I think that there is going to be a realization 
that the community is different in the U.S. than it is in Europe for shopware. And, uh, you know, speaking to some shopware people, um, their goal is to sort of vitalize, revitalize or reinvigor the community in the U.S. Um, for shopware or, or bring it to the U.S., which, which I think is a fantastic idea. Um, however, I think that, you know, it took Magento quite a while to gain a foothold in the community in the U.S. It's, I, I think even though it started in Los Angeles, the community started in the Netherlands and in Germany, right? <laughs> Which is ironic. And then it came back to the U.S. Uh, yeah, but, but, but maybe the question is also what is a community, right? So uh, a community is also um, made up uh, out of a, a lot of different individuals that, that have their, their own call to, uh, to, to help this bigger thing become even bigger. Um, and that happened in, in the Netherlands and Germany, first in Germany and then the Netherlands. Uh, but I think actually um, it, it could be that the shopware is already um, holding ground in the U.S. in some form. It's just that we don't know what uh, a community has to offer there in the, on the U.S. market. And I, I definitely also think that... Um, um, the, the big pond that is in between <laughs> uh, is actually large enough to also cause uh, the, the Europeans not to be, be able to influence all of that. Uh, so it either happens natural or you can push it maybe a little bit. But um, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, shopware on its own uh, is not, uh, is not uh, taking ground there. But it's basically, yeah, not, not uh, be, being transformed into this open source minded uh, community bit where a lot of events uh, are, are uh, leading into a lot of voluntary help or whatever, um, like it happened with Magento. Um, but yeah, so I, I still believe that, that it could be there, but it's basically up to you guys <laughs> to, to basically uh, make it possible because, um, yeah, the, the, the European market or the European people are still different from uh, the US people. Uh, so there's a difference in culture. And um, that means that the community on its own needs to grow in its own natural way in the US uh, to make that all happen. Yeah, and the diff I think, you know, kind of defining what that means to be in community and how how all that plays into uh, success, because I think uh, having done um, having done uh, specific events in the U.S. and starting with developer events, <laughs> you know, yeah. success is something that's completely different for a European. Uh, and let's just like Mage Titans was a great example. You know, the expectation is that you would have a couple hundred people there for an event that would bring in developers. The realization in the U.S. it's hard to get developers to travel any distance to go to an event. <laughs> even if they're passionate about it and you need to open that up to more than just developers. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think in shot in the case of shop where uh, we do need to make it an inclusive community and not this, you know, it was, it's a great to be a developer and, and, and to collaborate around those things, but you know, there's project managers and there's all kinds of other people that are involved in that. Um, I think the shopware has the advantage uh, right now of not having this over, bearing commercial thing that is saying well if there's no commercial value to this event we're not going to do it no well still i think it's uh, it's worth it that uh, uh, shopper is is still having its own uh, german character or german uh, feeling behind it which is kind of like no nonsense and um um uh, uh, also saying like hey but uh, if we're going to do it uh, we're going to do it properly um 
But how that's going to turn out community-wise in uh, in uh, in the in the U.S. market, I don't have a clue. Um, but yeah, uh, it's up to you, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's up to me, but I'm going to have to get no. a different light for my background. That's for certain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so just closing out on the community aspect, you know, we are running and we are running an unconference on on April eighth, and then Shopware has their Shopware unconference on April 9th. Yeah, and I yeah. think I I spoke to some people that said there are absolutely not going to be any conflict with timing on this. Nobody from Germany is going to come to the U.S. <laughs> for our conference, and nobody in the U.S. is going to come to the conference. Yeah, which is uh, which is kind of like a pity, right? So I've been in the U.S. before to uh, to attend Magento events, and I think actually um, uh, one day we're we're able to do that again. Um, but yeah, but maybe maybe COVID has, has also changed uh, things that people are not willing to fly that much at this moment yet. Uh, but that might be different next year. So I, I definitely think uh, next year there shouldn't be a conflict in dates. <laughs> yeah. So j just since you went to events, or maybe I went to events, but we just held Meet Magento Mexico. We did it as a hybrid format. Um, and typically we have struggled to get the Mexican events, you know, in person, we've struggled to get a couple hundred people, um, this way, this, this time we capped the in-person event at like 40 or 50, uh, Adobe was great to sponsor, um, COVID test kits and things like that. Um, and then we, you know, we're thinking, I, I think last year we did meet Magento. We had a couple hundred people attend the virtual version this year. We had, uh, I think we had nearly 500 people attend. Uh, in an yeah. all Spanish event, and I think that's really exciting. So you're right. I think there is there is a different opportunity for people who organize events, um, and there's a different opportunity um, for the in person part of that event as well. Uh, so there is something to be gained from both. And I so think so. Hybrid version would be actually uh, excellent uh, for the for the future as well. Yeah. Yeah. So hybrid in, in terms of the presentations can be uh, can will be beamed out to the rest of the world. They can see them. Uh, they're not going to be there to do that handshake in person thing. Uh, but I think that that this hybrid idea is going to be the way of the future. And it also I think it's somewhat it'll mean that some of these events that had high ticket prices and. You know, I think where we see ETL West or some of the events that happen in the U.S. that the, the ticket price is four thousand dollars or something like that. You know, there's going to be competing events that are hybrid that your ticket price would be almost free if yeah. you're not going to attend, and then the attendance price would be something. I, I think that there's going to be a still a shakeup in what happens in that realm. Yeah, and it's it's not only um, uh, COVID related, but also just um, uh, that yeah, the, the whole world uh, changed. And, and theoretically, by by making it hybrid, we're at least also giving uh, people the chance to attend uh, that don't really have the the, the, the finances to uh, to fly over all over the world and, and etc. So um, yeah, I would, I would definitely favor it. Yeah. Um, all right. So you know, I think we wanted to talk for. 15 minutes and we're already at 40 minutes so let's yeah let's, and, and let's, let's skip the shopper pwa bit uh, we can talk about that uh, next time uh, anyway all right yeah i mean let's I, I wanted to touch a little bit on pwa and it's maybe just view storefront and and how it is that sort of uh SaaS model like you know explain to me views as i understand it view storefront can be hosted at view storefront and it's attaching via some apis to the application yeah yeah, so I, I have to be honest, I, I, I'm not totally up to date anymore upon the, the, the current architecture. 
Um, so View Storefront has undergone uh, a lot of different changes in the last uh, couple of years, uh, related also to um, that they're being backed up by uh, multiple different uh, uh, well, fundings uh, in, in, in general. Um, but also because they've been working upon uh, modernizing their own uh, stack and modernizing their their core architecture um, that used to be called uh, View Storefront One, and that was really related only to uh, Magento One and Magento Two. Uh, but then they've been opening up that uh, same technology to uh, other platforms, um, including Shopify, including BigCommerce, including uh, Shopware as well. Um, so they just uh, simply refactored their own um, uh, core so that it became um, uh, adjustable and, and with a plugin architecture um, connectable to um, to uh, other e-commerce platforms uh, along the way. Um, and somewhere along that line, they also started to offer their own view storefront cloud um, uh, on its own. And I know about that cloud or I knew about that cloud in the in the in the form of uh, view storefront one where uh, View Storefront 1 also needed, besides Magento, it also needed Elasticsearch. It needed a specific Redis instance. Uh, it needed a Node because View Storefront is kind of based upon Vue. Um, uh, it's also based upon Node. And, and in general, you need a Node server uh, to get uh, certain parts of the technology uh, up and running. Um, and, and because of that, that thing being kind of hard, uh, they started to offer their own uh, cloud as well. But what I don't necessarily know is whether that same cloud solution is still um, fully operational when it comes to Shopware PWA, because with Shopware PWA, there's the PWA part uh, hosted by ViewStore or in the form of a ViewStore font app, um, which is connecting directly to the API of uh, Shopware. Um, so theoretically, if you're on um, on uh, on a, a, a simple on-premise um, uh, self-hosted uh, shopper version, you can already use that uh, View Storefront uh, API as well, or the View Storefront uh, bits as well. Um, in a similar way, Magento 2 also has it now a new connector with um, View Storefront 2, and that's again kind of like that same more simplistic approach. Um, so theoretically, I'm, I'm not sure um, how that new uh, uh, new uh, architecture of ViewStorefront 2 fits in uh, with their own uh, ViewStorefront cloud. Uh, but yeah, they're the guys behind it. So obviously they have a reason to uh, to help you with their uh, infrastructure. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of like the thing that I know. All right, so let's move on. Let's let's close out today just talking a little bit about Magento Association. I know that's an exciting topic for everybody. Um, the you know the Magento Association is looking for members, We're, and right now it's completely free. It'll always be free to sign up and join the Magento Association. There is a paid membership model that is going to be released soon, and that is uh, on um, that is going to allow you to vote for board directors. So I just wanted to get your feedback on on paid membership and and some of the things that would be um, advantageous for somebody to join the Magento Association. Yeah. So uh, personally, I'm I'm um, I'm having a hard time there, as in uh, that uh, at, at some points when the Magento Association uh, came to being. Um, it was suggested that actually the Magento Association would become the formal. Uh, the formal way of having a Magento community. Um, and then my personal reaction was, hey, but a Magento community. Uh, it was basically Ben Marks that also always um, shouted out uh, that he can't be a community manager because um, a, a community is not something that you can manage. Um, so a, a community is just arising on its own. An ecosystem comes to being. And of course, you can influence it. Uh, but uh, the more you try to influence it, uh, the more it goes into maybe an opposite direction of what you want. 
Um, so I, I always see a community, an open source community or an ecosystem as something chaotic. Um, uh, so a little bit of the chaos theory needs to be in there. Um, it, it's basically a lot of uh, freedom, a lot of moving elements that, that all work together somehow in a mysterious way. But trying to formalize all of that is, is really hard. Um, and that's also where I see kind of the difficulty of uh, the Magento Association. If they're trying to uh, formalize the Magento uh, community uh, as a whole, um, then m they might be able to uh, to sort that out to, to uh, up to a certain way. But what if they include uh, certain conversational partners uh, because of some reason, and then uh, because of some other reasons, others uh, come up and they're excluded from that same communication? Then actually, with a normal uh, unorganized community, they, they, the, the new members, they just simply take a position. And if that's uh, to the likings of the others, then suddenly they have a voice to be heard. Uh, but in a formal way, then then first you need to invite them to the table. Then you need to uh, decide upon what kind of uh, role they're going to play and et cetera. It's, it's making it hard. Um, so back to your question, uh, paying for all of that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm um, I'm a little bit more skeptical on the Elmet side. Um, uh, so yeah, first I want to see basically what the price is uh, for and uh, where the money is going to be spent on uh, before saying like, hey, this is a good thing. Yeah, so uh, that's that's really good feedback and thank you. And I, you know, I've, and so what the price is for and where the money is going to be spent. That's such a great. <laughs> I mean, that's that's so simple, right? Yeah, it's um, so simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think uh, some of the things that can, has has come up in my I've been talking to a lot of people that uh, that attended Meet Magento India, and uh, you know, uh, aside from events and 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 Meet Magento supporting events, um, he had mentioned you know workshops that could be uh, sponsored by the association that anybody could attend, and maybe there's specific workshops that are either supported and paid for for a facilitator to do. Um, uh, that are that are relevant to the Magenta community, so a PWA workshop or a you know extension building work, something that could be done uh, from there, um, or even then in terms of uh, training. I know they've been talking about training, but uh, you know there 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 are some ideas that are coming out of this that would help the community and give value to it. Um, yeah, I guess that's my my two cents. Is the I'm on the membership committee. That's my full transparency, and yeah. um, you know, trying to hear about what value people want to see out of that dollar spent on on the association, I think, is always important. Yeah, yeah, but the, but but then uh, personally, I'm I'm more in favor of uh, a synchronous flow of money, so that theoretically, if uh, in um, uh, at Meet Magento India, there's a need for a workshop to be sponsored, uh, that maybe the Magento Association sits down and, uh, and starts to ask for others to sponsor that. And that's basically then the formalization. So then there's still money involved, uh, but that money is just uh, flowing directly from that sponsor into the workshop. And that's it. Uh, because the more, um, basically, the money is first gathered in the form of the Magento Association, and then it flows to uh, the right uh, goals. Um, the more you start to wonder, of course, uh, well, the more others start to wonder uh, where the money is being spent on. And, and as soon as you have a, a buffer, um, uh, and, and as soon as that money starts to grow in that buffer, um, the yeah, the, the the opinions of people also start to uh, start to differ what you can do with that money, and that's that's simply also from my practical um, practical background. I, I was once uh, 
I don't don't know about the terminology in English, but uh, I was part of this um, this uh, group of householders, house owners, um, and uh, basically the, this uh, this organization or association of house uh, house owners was doing pretty okay. And of course, you need to have uh, some cash or some some money in the bank just to allow for accidents to be fixed and, and uh, the building to be rebuilt in in case of a really big disaster or something. But because actually the money flow was healthy. Um, some new some new house owners they came in and they thought like okay but let's spend it then on un, well to my opinion unneeded things so they were just seeing like hey but I, I just came in and there's this big chunk of money that I can spend um, instead of actually seeing a bigger picture of um, yeah and that's the difficulty that's uh, the difficulty of having money in that Magento Association and having different people come in at different points in time having different opinions about how to spend all of that money. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm critical, but um, it doesn't mean that it's um, <laughs> it's me shooting down all the whole thing. And I'm uh, yeah, I'm also tr trusting that people like you can can uh, work it out in a in a proper way. I think that's where transparency comes in. So you see where the money is, and we never had that in in the Magento, the previous version of Magento. Um... Uh, what was it called? Magento, Meet Magento Association. Oh. We, we didn't have it in that, <laughs> a long right? Time ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, transparency and the money coming in and where it's going. And then transparency and a plan in place along with a calendar of events that this money is going to be applied to. Um, yeah. So, for example, if, you know, if, you know, I would, I would advocate for a learning person, a, in maybe a chairperson that is a learning chair and a committee that is a learning committee or a t training committee or whatever you want to call it. And then they have a budget that they can do to spend over a 12 month period. And anybody can, they could hire somebody like, I don't know if you know anybody that does training on Magento, they could hire that person for maybe a quarter of the time to deliver specific training that, or a specific workshop uh, for that. Um, and that workshop would be open to people who have paid for the Magento Association, or they could, you know, typically that, you know, typically there'd be a discount um, if it's a more expensive workshop. But again, just going back to transparency and planning, you know, planning number one gets you looking where everything is happening and, and it makes people excited about the year ahead. But then transparency helps people to understand that this money is being spent in a good way. Um, and, yeah. it, and, um, you, you sort of, it's going to have to, it should get spent. So if somebody else has a better idea where it should be spent, that's also open then to the next budgeting period. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm actually um, coming before uh, Magento. I was also involved with uh, Joomla, uh, a CMS that a lot of people have forgotten about, maybe for the right reasons. Uh, and Joomla was uh, once really popular, um, but whenever you introduced um, finances in in that community, that people would would get upset because uh, hey, open source development needs to be free, right? Um, so free as in free beer and not as in free speech. Um, and that was always really difficult, uh, basically to point out uh, that that uh, as a developer or uh, as a trainer or whatever, you came in just to make money. Uh, and that's a more healthy situation, at least in the Magenta community. Um, however, yeah, as you mentioned, transparency is key. Um, and therefore, I would like to introduce um, an additional term on top of that, um, ruthless transparency. Um, that's uh, that's something I, I'm maybe coming up from uh, with with a different background. Uh, it, it reminds me maybe of a more almost a Buddhistic uh, thing or so. Uh, but basically, ruthless transparency means that you need it to be transparent 
all of the time regarding anything that you can, can come up with. Um, and the reason I'm saying so is that actually one of the, the first efforts where the Magento Association got real um, has been the, the efforts of the Magento, Open so uh, Magento Association Open Source Task Force. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a different abbreviation again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that, that task force um, uh, was, uh, was opening up the conversation on a couple of the things that we mentioned in the beginning of this podcast um, uh, about uh, the open source roadmap, about uh, where, where open source would go in, in general. But the, the earliest conversations were actually kept confidential. Um, and that's not transparency, that's, that's the opposite. Um, and the reasons to, to keep that confidential to, uh, was basically not to, to start talking about everything publicly when uh, we didn't know what we're, where we were actually going to talk about. So if you're opening up a topic too early, that's the reasoning at least, um, if you're opening up a to topic too early, um, uh, then actually you're getting everyone's opinion already before you're actually ready to consume that, that feedback. Yeah. Well, ruthless transparency basically dictates do it anyway. Just go with the flow. Everyone has the right uh, for all of that information out there from the early start. Um, and if that, that's, um, that's giving you chaos, uh, as in a lot of people that are giving you feedback, well, you're actually not waiting for that feedback at, at that moment. Uh, tell them in their face. Uh, and that's the ruthless part, maybe. But um, I really strongly hope that uh, the transparency that you mentioned is literally just transparency all the way. Uh, because th for me, that's the only way to really try to come up with a more formal thing within a, a chaotic community uh, like we're currently in uh, anyway. But uh, yeah, so that that's hopefully making sense. No, that's good. Yeah, so transparency, ruthless transparency. And then, you know, I think that just involves planning. And then um, there's got to be a deadline, right? So, you know, the other thing is that if you sit and debate about something you can do that. We could do that into perpetuity where if you have a deadline, this is where these are the topics. And in realistic, we can only tackle three or four topics. So they have to be a priority on those topics. And uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, I, I like that approach. So good. All right, yeah. Isa, we are out of time and I appreciate you being here. Um, uh, you were on episode number one, which was nearly a year ago now. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we're, we've come a full year here and uh, we're still around, which is exciting. Uh, and they, we're, we're still um, exceeding all time time efforts. So we said, like, <laughs> let's keep it 20 minutes or so. Yeah. yeah first <laughs> episode, are. let's do 20 minutes of content. And then we talk <laughs> for an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> um, good. Well, I thank you again for being here and uh, thank you for all your comments. And I look forward to our next talk. Definitely. Thank you so much. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by the Magento Association. Join today at magentoassociation.org forward slash join. Be part of a great and vibrant Magento community. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week.